This is episode 86 with Michael Mataluni from Thing Charger on Facebook advertising and getting the yes. This is Crowdfunding Uncut, the place where creators and entrepreneurs come to learn how to launch a successful crowdfunding campaign. Here's your host, Kirsten Ross. This episode is brought to you by BackerKit. BackerKit is a crowdfunding fulfillment software service that helps you take care of all the spreadsheet nightmares after your campaign is done. Let me explain. Once you have hundreds of new backers for your product, you're going to be exporting a ton of customer data that is probably going to change. People will need to change their shipping address. They'll want to downgrade some of their rewards. They'll want to buy more rewards. And when you don't have a system in place to help with this, it's actually going to be taking a lot more of your time dealing with customer service admin, and you're probably going to screw stuff up, which is not good long-term for customer relations. BackerKit gives you a full done-for-you software platform online where you can easily manage all of your customer data. And my favorite part about working with them is that once your campaign actually wraps up, they help you get additional sales from your customers by offering to upsell to more rewards or options that you may or may not have on your campaign. They have worked with more than 2,000 projects, delivering more than 3.5 million rewards um, and products. This could be digital products or, heck, even physical products to you guys. They've been amazing to work with. I've partnered with them on the show because I've worked with them in the past, and they are amazing. So if you are looking for a partner after your campaign that's going to make your life super easy, they are the ones to go to. To find out more information, go to backerkit.com. But wait. At checkout, they're actually giving the uncut listeners, which are you guys, going to give you 50% off of their setup services. So when you go to backerkit.com, go to checkout and use the five code uncut, U-N-C-U-T. Hey, Mike, welcome back to the show. What's up, Kirsten? How are you? I'm good. Um, It's funny because you and I have been chatting back and forth for a while and... Uh, you got back in contact with me after a few weeks because you're actually in the middle, literally today, you guys just launched Thing Charger again. It's <laughs> yes. crazy. And uh, so I just want to give the audience a bit, like, you know, you're, if you're someone in the audience who has listened to 30 episodes, um, Michael is definitely someone that whose voice you will recognize. But if you don't, I want to give you just a bit of background. Um, this is actually the second time I brought him back on the show because the first time was just so full of value bombs and we actually had to cut the conversation short because we just, I think I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours yep. on this. Same. But uh, Thing Charger, you know, you've collectively raised multiple millions of dollars um, through your own crowdfunding campaign on your website. But, you know, going the Kickstarter Indiegogo route, you've raised over a million dollars. And today alone, your campaign, which uh, you're hosting it on, um, which website right now? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's on our own website. It's called it's a magfast m a g f a s t dot com. Um, so basically, what, I mean, it's a it's a hell of a story, Kirsten. Yeah, um, I think you so, need so, to tell it. <laughs> <laughs> so I originally came on board after Thing Charger's original launch, and basically, it is a charging product um, that we launched way back in 2013 on Indiegogo, and it's mm-hmm. a really cool product. Basically what it does, it plugs right into your wall and it allows you to keep your two outlets free to use and it's got interchangeable tips on the top so you can actually charge. You can just put your phone right on top, charge wirelessly, still plug in your outlets. Outlets are free to use. Then you got two USBs underneath. Mm -hmm. Well, people found this like 
wow. Like once we explain it to them and they watch the video, they're like, wow, this thing is amazing. And then we offered just an incredible deal. We offered buy three, get one free because these things actually stack up on top of each other. You can create a whole charging stations and it just, it, it did really well. Nice. And so yeah. we did uh, about $60,000 in the, in the first few days of being on Indiegogo back in 2013, 2014. And then we started to reinvest that capital into Facebook advertising, ultimately bringing in about a million bucks on Indiegogo. And then we started privately funding uh, because we wanted to basically save some money because Indiegogo and Kickstarter, as you know, they, they take a piece. And I would absolutely recommend anybody out there interested in crowdfunding that they go that route to start. It's the safest route to go. And you get great benefits and visual uh, you know, clout when it comes to the platform as it exists. Um, but because we've done this before and we were, we were doing that relaunch, we relaunched on our own website and we ended up doing another uh, 8 million because we reinvested a lot of that capital back into Facebook advertising and we just generated a lot of, uh, a, a lot of um, traffic that way. And so we ended up raising about $10 million total with the original Thing Charger launch. And then uh, we realized hardware is hard and right? expensive. Hardware. Hardware. My God. Like, I, you know, God bless Seymour for having the guts to do this again, because I don't know if, if, if it wasn't for his vision and his passion, I certainly wouldn't have. Um, and so basically he, you know, with that original launch, we shipped about 250,000 units of Thing Chargers, mm -hmm. um, and the margin was so small that we basically ended up having not much but a, but a, but an email list. So we ended that campaign, and we fulfilled uh, 250,000 units, 80, almost 80,000 people um, with Thing Chargers. And so once that ended, Seymour had this incredible idea for this whole new product suite. And uh, I'm not going to give away too much about the new product suite. I'm going to let people go to magfast.com and check it out for themselves because um, it's a really cool product suite. Uh, but it goes, it, it's built on the same logic as Think Charger, completely wireless charging. There's so many things that we have in our lives that just create a mess and clutter and, uh, and, and charging shouldn't be one of them. So mm -hmm. it's a whole new product suite with mobile charging, wireless charging, um, and the original Think Charger. Uh, but now it's called MagFast as the 2.0 version. Um, and it was just nuts. So we relaunched uh, this morning, uh, and that was the reason I reached out to you to see if uh, you knew anybody who'd be interested. Um, and we've done, with our, e with our 80,000 person email list, um, we have almost 1,500 1500 backers now. As of uh, this morning, we've raised about a half a million dollars in about five hours. Which is insane for hosting it on your own crowdfunding site. And I have a couple questions, like, you mentioned before, like, start on Indiegogo Kickstarter, but you didn't go Kickstarter Indiegogo this route because they take a cut. So why do you recommend people start as opposed to, like, I'm just going to host it on my own website? Like, what is it about the Kickstarter that does that? Yeah, I would say there's there's two to three things that I, I would – reasons why I would absolutely start there. Number one is credibility, right? Because if you're if nobody knows who you are and you're raising money on your own site, um, you don't really have that credibility. You don't have that – trust built up. So Indiegogo, Kickstarter, GoFundMe, all of these, all of these platforms have trust built in and they have really good lawyers and they have really good terms and conditions. And if you want to do something, um, you know, above 
board, you should absolutely go with one of these platforms for those reasons. Number two is, is the legality. You don't want to be caught with your pants down. We've got great lawyers. We've got great terms and conditions. You know, we're very clear that we are a crowdfunding, uh, crowdfunded product um, so that we can't get into trouble. And you always want to keep yourself safe. Uh, and then the third one is traffic. I mean, if you have a great product and this is something that happened to us on our first round on Indiegogo is they included us in their email. And so their email drove, I mean, you know, we've probably, we've probably got about a hundred to $150,000 of contributions because they included us in that email. Um, so I would say platform, you know, credibility, legality, and then, the, you know, being upfront and center in people's minds, they can find you on a, on a very credible resource. And the reason that you've been able to pull off such a successful launch on your own platform is because you have a huge audience already. Um, I had a friend that he's like, you know what, I'm going to just skip Indiegogo Kickstarter because I don't want to pay the 5%. So he went and he hosted his campaign on this platform with only like a thousand people on his email list and it bombed. Because And afterwards, I asked him, well, what do you think the biggest difference is? And he's like, I really underestimated the crowdfunding community and the power of backers and their audience. Like, that's what was missing on my own thing. So Right. Zero times zero is zero. I know. Really? <laughs> like, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, to your, to your point, it's like, you know, you want to save 5% of zero. That's you're not saving it. You're losing money, right? So yeah. to utilize that platform and to to appreciate, you know that the the, the platform and the credibility that it has in the viewership is, is is a mistake. And if you don't have a huge audience, it's a it's a huge mistake. Hundred percent. Now going into the success, you guys have raised over half a million dollars in one day, oh, and the day is not even over. Um, I'm curious, like. Can you break down the source of those sales? Like how much of that was from your email list? How much of that was from like, what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. As of right now, it's a hundred percent from our email list. Wow. Um, we had, well, we actually had one other, one other, uh, mailer, um, who mailed for us. Um, and, but it was a, it was a rather small list. So, but it was, it was the majority of it came from our email list. Um, and so, Seymour, uh, in his, I, I don't know if you call it insanity or genius. It's, it's really, on, it's on the border. Um, but you know, when we, when we, cause I used to be the, the chief marketing director and operations manager for thing charger. And when we were out of money, like I had to go do something else. So I actually went on my own way and started doing Facebook advertising and showing people how to build their businesses with Facebook advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, Seymour, he said, no, I'm not giving up on this idea. I'm not giving up on this dream. I have a vision because he had all these other products in mind and he had all mm-hmm. these things. And I'm like, you know, go for it, man. And, and he did. He didn't give up. And so he had the asset of 80,000 emails. And so what he did was he leveraged those emails by the first thing he did was this. He emailed 80,000 people and said, hey, listen, most of you got your thing chargers. Some of you didn't. Um what would you think about me going on and doing another crowdfunding campaign? And 80%, 85% of the people said, go for it. We love you, Seymour. Go do it. Kick some ass. 5% said, you know, the 5% that never got their thing charges were like, F you. I can't believe you're still doing this. You're absolutely ridiculous. It's a scam. And, you know, another five people were like, I don't care. Um, and so he... <laughs> he went ahead and did it and he started emailing these folks and saying, Hey, we've got this amazing thing coming up. And he did this beautiful launch where he got people excited 
over a three-week period and, and had him chomping at the bit. And he's got this, like, secret box that he's not showing anybody. And he's do- using all these visual elements. And he's really – he's doing exactly what you do for a movie, right? So if you're launching a movie, you don't just launch it the day of. You create a buzz. You create anticipation. And you give – people the sense that they're the first people in and they're going to get something special. And that's exactly what he did. He gave them, you know, the best deal that anyone's going to get. Um, he led up to this launch three weeks in advance, tantalizing them every step of the way. And then when he launched this morning and he actually had a caching problem this morning, like the, 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 his, uh, his web guy had some glitches and they were freaking out and it was, just, and that's another reason it's super scary to be launching on your own website because you don't know what can go wrong. It can um, crash. It can crash, and and it almost did. And if it would have crashed completely, that's you know that's a half a million bucks that wouldn't be in the bank right now. Um, so it, it can be very scary. Uh, but when it comes to what he did to execute on this and to raise half a million dollars in, in five hours um, was just incredible. And then the presentation you know, that he did. And he's a student of Steve Jobs. Um, so he built a 30 minute presentation that was, you know, incredibly iPhone-esque, incredibly Steve Jobs-esque. Um, and the ability to present uh, and to communicate your idea to people is so critical. The original Thing Charger video, you know, was a three, uh, three and a half minute video. And every single word, every single element, every single visual element was intentional it was there to invoke a certain feeling or a certain perception in people and he you know took that learning from that and then when he launched this uh today and this presentation is just it's phenomenal and, and it really it reminds you of like steve jobs was like oh my god like wow beautiful minimalistic right on the yeah. point selling you something you didn't know you need that yeah exactly do you think seymour would come on the show absolutely Spoiler alert. He would love to come on the show. <laughs> so you're talking about all this. And, like, I know the reason we're talking today is, like, how underutilized Facebook ads are in campaigns. And that's sort of the angle that we're, like, kind of leading into with this. But you're talking about this beautiful pre-launch sequence. And that's my jam. And I'm like, I would love to talk to him because, the dude, you guys are doing something right to raise that much money in such a short period of time. Like, I, th- yeah, I feel and, like... And- that's the fastest raise that I've ever seen. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. And you know, I, I, I was, I have to tell you, I was so scared for him. Like I was so nervous because, you know, he put, I mean, this was like a hail Mary because he's got, he had this incredible launch and then we, we did all this amazing stuff, shipped all these amazing products. And then like, we were out of money, you know, out of money. Um, and that's, that's, that's the hard thing about hardware is the margins are razor thin. And, but he had this vision for this new product suite and he just didn't stop and he went for it. And, and he would absolutely love to be on the show. And I'd, I'd love for your, your listeners to hear it out of his mouth because it's just, it's, it's incredible. Um, you know, that. but when it comes to yeah. Facebook advertising, you know, it's like we would have been dead in the water in the first one. Like we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Facebook, like after the first launch, like we raised 60,000 bucks and it was over. Like we didn't have any way to raise any more money. And so, you know, when I started working with Seymour and we started developing our, our Facebook ads plan, um, you know, it was, we, we had to, we had to execute on Facebook if we were going to grow it. Mm -hmm. And 
one of the beautiful things about Facebook is the ability to target users uh, with such granularity and such clarity. Um, you know, we have a we have a, an email list of eighty thousand people now. You know, you can take that email list of eighty thousand people, and this is this is what we'll do uh, um, when. You know, because when, once we start advertising on Facebook again for for Magfast and, and this second launch, this, this second product suite is we're going to take that list of eighty thousand emails, upload them to Facebook, and create lookalike audiences. And lookalike audiences are the most beautiful thing I love I've them. Ever it's, it's absolutely amazing. And and if I'm sure your listeners know, but for those of you who aren't familiar with Facebook advertising and you know want to leverage um, what list you have, Facebook gives you the ability to upload your email list into Facebook audience and create a custom audience. And once you create that custom audience, you can then advertise to those particular people on Facebook. Well, in addition, you can take that audience and create a lookalike audience within Facebook, and it will go out and find users who are so similar behaviors in purchasing behaviors that you can then target you know, you, let's say you had 50,000 people or, or even 250 people, you can now have 2.2 million people who look an incredible, uh, who look incredibly like these people that you have on your email list. And now you can go target them. And that my friends is unbelievable. Facebook. I'm curious when, um, Facebook. I've run into this with, uh, like some questions. Cause I don't, I outsource my Facebooking. Uh, my Facebooking. Wow. There we go. Long day of calls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. It's been a long day, so the face uh, face. Forgive me for all my wow and the face game. Oh my god! And some <laughs> some of my clients are like, okay, well, I don't have an email list, but I have like a very small list. So how big does my list have to be at the very minimum to be able to do a lookalike or custom audience? Like, is there a minimum? Or uh, well, Facebook says there's a minimum, but I don't buy it for a second. <laughs> no, I'm serious because I, like they say that you need like you know between ten and fifty thousand people on a on an email list to create a to create a quality look like audience, and that's that's absolute horseshit. Excuse me, mm-hmm. um, because I have run, I have created lookalikes with you know fifty thousand people on them that have not outperformed lookalikes that I created with eighteen hundred people on them. Okay. Um, yeah. So that that's you know that's something to look out for because when you're you know creating lookalike audiences, you really want to focus on your top 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 um, you know people. So mm-hmm. if I have a, a let's say I have a list of ten thousand people and but a thousand of those people were you know they were my bot they were my main buyers. I would use that list of a thousand before I would use that list of ten thousand, and then I would take that list of thousand, create a custom audience, and then I would create a lookalike audience. And then I would go back into that lookalike audience and I would add layers of targeting on top of that. So I would then go in and maybe add a layer, depending on, I mean, obviously it depends on the product, right? So yeah. your goal as a Facebook advertiser is to be incredibly relevant to the people that you're advertising to because Facebook is super smart and they don't want ads on there that are irrelevant to people. So they give you a relevancy score when you advertise on Facebook of between one and 10. And so when, when you can launch the right advertisement to the right person and get a relevancy score of eight, nine, 10, Facebook dramatically improves the deliverability of your ad and dramatically 
decreases the cost per impression of that ad. So when I'm creating a lookalike audience in Facebook, my goal is to create that lookalike audience of the best possible email addresses, mm-hmm. people, and then create that lookalike audience and then segment those into different groups. And so let's say I have um, you know, a product that will appeal to a certain type of person, then I'll go look at interest targeting and I'll add layers of interest targeting that further focus that ad on the right targeted audience. And, and I find that to be incredibly useful. Yeah. Um, now for pe- people on listening on this podcast, they either have like, they've just never gone into the Facebook ads manager or they have very basic understanding of it. And you've had the like the opportunity to work with thing charger through various um goals for a facebook ad campaign like you've i don't know because when i work with people the goal originally is to build audience and secondly the goal is to convert to sales and then once you've had a campaign and you go onto amazon and stuff like the goal is sales so when you are i'm curious like when you are prepping for a crowdfunding what is my question my question is what would you think is the best use of time for targeting on Facebook for the goal of a campaign? Um, so let's say, so let me clarify the question. Let me break it down to pieces. So when, let's say, for example, I have an idea for a crowdfunding campaign and I've created my video and I've created, um, you know, and I know what I'm going to do, but I don't have a list. Is, is that what you're asking? If, I, if I'm in that position? If okay. I'm starting so, from zero, what should I yep. do? Yep. All right. So what I would do is the same thing I would do for anybody. Actually, if any, if if you even have a product that you're selling today, I would do the exact same thing, and I would go out. And this is actually what I'm doing for multiple clients now. Is I'm going out looking, to fig, trying to figure out who my core demographic is. And before I spend a dollar on Facebook, I'm going out and I'm asking people what they think of this product. And something this is this is actually quite interesting. Uh, this is something Seymour taught me actually is go for the hot yes. Right. So if you go to a friend and you show them something and they're like, Hey, you know, check this out. I'm thinking about doing it on Facebook. And they're like, Oh, cool. That sounds awesome. That's not a hot. Yes. A hot yes is, Oh my God, you have to do this. Right. So if you're going to people and asking that question, you're, you're showing them your video or you're showing them your new product. And they're going, Oh, that's cool. Either a, you don't have those. That person is not the right demographic or B, your idea sucks. So you need to figure out whether A, your idea sucks, or if B, you have the right demographic. And so in order to find that right demographic, you need to figure out what your core audience is. Who are the people that would love this? And when you start going to those people and asking them questions, they're going, I would buy that. I love that. Can I, like, when can I get it? That's, that's your audience and that's your hot yes. And when you have that, then you start asking deeper questions. Okay. What about it? Do you love, what would you do to improve it? What are the, you know, learn and then start learning about that person. What are their habits? What are their buying patterns? Where do they buy? What other stores do they shop in? And now you can take that information and start to create some targeting on Facebook. So now, you know, I don't have an email list. I don't have, you know, I can't create a look like audience. I can't create a custom audience. So what do I do? Well, now I have some information that I can use to go drive leads on Facebook. And so I can start spending a few dollars and testing this group or this group or this that group to see who would be interested in my product. And once I can start collecting email addresses and collecting leads, then now I have now I have some email address I create look like audiences off of, but I also know based on how cheaply is that a word? How cheaply I, I can Facebooking, drive so yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> how how cheaply I can run those leads for? Now I know what audiences to focus on. So I've got a I've got a um, uh, a client right now, and they've got a new shoe brand, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've gone out and we started asking people, you know, you know what their thoughts are, and we started developing these core audiences. And, and one audience is hipster moms between the age of twenty five and thirty five. Yeah. One is one is um, marijuana subculture, uh, and, and the. The other one is Generation Z. And so we've identified those core demographics, and now we're running ads, speaking their language to them on Facebook and driving leads to see which is our lowest hanging fruit so that when we go to launch, we know what to focus on. And so that's what I would recommend for anybody who's just starting out and thinking about how they can build their lead list is figure out who who's your core demographic. Are you getting a hot yes from those from that core demographic, what, what are the behaviors, the you know the the pat the buying patterns, and the you know what culture do those people belong to, and then start driving leads on Facebook and see who's actually driving the cheapest leads, and that'll kind of start directing you towards that core demographic and the lowest hanging fruit. And the other good piece about doing that is now you have all of these people that you can reach out to, and now that now they've got. Like you can do messenger ads on Facebook, you can build bots, you can do all these things to learn more about your target demographic. Mm -hmm. And when you ask them, like, what's the single biggest thing that you love about the shoe or hate about the shoe or whatever it is, you start getting that language back. Now you can use that language in your copy to start. So you're speaking their language. And so, you know, that, that's it, none of this stuff happens in a vacuum. Like you have to be out there talking to people, gathering information. Like I don't care how yeah. great of a copywriter you are, if you don't know the core demographic and you don't know how they speak, you can't write great copy. It's funny because like we're speaking at five p.m. and um, anyone who's on my email list, if you're not, uh, go to crowdfundinguncut.com and join it uh, and ask me for my beta test. And so I'm literally in the process of doing this. Um, I'm writing a post on this in a few weeks, but I, uh, I made a fatal mistake a month ago where I put out some offer for a course, just guessing what people wanted. I never asked my audience what they wanted. I'm just like, Oh no, based on what I think I know, here's the offer. And nobody bought. And then I was like, crap, I'm a failure, but no, it's, it's not that it was the wrong offer. And so I went back and took my own advice and started, I emailed my entire list and I was like, Hey, here's a new offer based on the feedback I got for why people didn't buy the first time. I'm looking at spending 15 minutes on the phone with people just to get feedback. Um, I promise not to sell you, but this is my way of doing customer interviews. And so, you know, Michael, you keep talking about like learn their language, get to know them. That's how you do it. You literally find someone who matches who your audience like if your best friend is someone who would buy your product then you interview them and really get to understand them and write that stuff down and then use that to remarket back to them and it's been so effective i've been on the phone like four hours today just interviewing people and and it's just amazing how much i didn't know about my own audience that i thought i knew so well you know that's huge. And, you know, and you're not a failure because, uh, all, right, all right, so I've raised literally millions of dollars online with Facebook ads. And guess what? I have yet to launch a product of my own and be successful. Mm-hmm. I have yet to identify the actual product that I'm going to ultimately create that's ultimately going to be that, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you cannot judge yourself based on that. You have to, no. you know, you ha- 
and, and it's like, you know, that's, that's why it's so great to go out there and work with other people and learn from other entrepreneurs. Like, you know, me having the opportunity to work with Seymour and all these other brands now that I get to go out there and, you know, crush it in marketing with, I'm taking all of that data and all of that knowledge and yeah. I'm bringing it back to my own business to where I can ultimately launch all of my own courses and all of my other things. But, you know, I haven't done that yet because it's hard. It's hard. You got to know. It is. But there is a process. Like if you, you know, every crowdfunding campaign and client that we've worked with, they have to, they go through this crash and burn phase to figure out what the offer is. And that's exactly what I'm doing is I'm like, okay. Cause you know, um, I had a course that was really successful before and then I'm like, oh, the ego got in the way and I'm like, I got this. And then it failed and then I went back to the drawing board. And I know now that what I'm going to be doing with this is figuring out what people want, coming up with the objections and then coming up with a package that they actually want and selling it back to them. And that's ultimately what you do with a crowdfunding campaign. So uh, really excited yes. to like dive into that. But that's the, you know, that's the process that you go through. That's the process. And it's so easy to get caught up and be like, I know what I'm doing. I've had all the success. And you have, I mean, like the second you think you've arrived, like, just stop, just stop. Always be a student. Cause you just, you don't know. Like today I was speaking to, um, like Andrea, for example, and she, I, you know, she very hot lead. And I told her about the, the, the accelerator and she's like, okay, but what about this, 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 and this, and these were all things I didn't consider. And you don't get that feedback unless if you talk to people and like, even when it goes into like your crowdfunding campaign, if you have to know what objections that your customers are going to have so that you deal with that, because if your product's big uh, concern is safety and you don't address that in your campaign, it's going to fail. Like, or you just won't do as well. So it's like, yeah, baby steps. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a student. Um, the baby step, baby. little bitsy bitsy, six pound, three ounce baby steps. Um, I am a student of. I originally got my start in Facebook marketing, um, studying a course by Brian Moran. Um, and if there's anything that you've seen um, that can teach you about overcoming objections, that guy's a fucking master. Like he will create. And and I'm also like I love Jeff Walker and I love Product Launch Formula. Mm-hmm. And like these things are just so brilliant. And like you see Brian Moran's like PLF launches and he literally for every single objection, he has a testimonial for every single one. Not because he, he thought, hmm, I wonder what the objections are because he went out and asked, what are the what's keeping you from buying? What's and like Facebook Messenger ads now like these just rolled out and you can literally shoot to your list. OK, how come you've never bought from me like you can shoot ads out to your list that will they'll respond to you in messenger how come you've never bought from me and now you're gathering all that data and you can go build your entire business around the right sets of data how how do you feel about messenger bots because like i'm really hesitant to use them because facebook i mean even for me i'm doing business on facebook now um because that's just point of contact being an internet marketer but for people who see Facebook as really personal and now we're encroaching business in it with the bots, like what's your take on it? And how, how's, you know, like, how I think is it's, that? I, I, th- I think it's too early to tell. I think you have to, um, you know, right now I, I do Facebook messenger ads. Uh, I've built a, a few preliminary bots to start getting my feet wet. I think it is going to be a really important piece of the puzzle. Um, I don't think it's ever going to take 
away that personal connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, or No, excuse me. I think it can take away that personal connection if you allow it to do, and you shouldn't. Um, but I think it's another way of uh, qualifying you know, your leads because you can't talk to everybody, right? But if you have a bot that can, like, in, in a funny, interesting way, like if you can make somebody laugh be, and through your bot, that's a, that's an extension of you, right? And yeah. I think that we're stepping into this age of like infotainment. Like you cannot afford not to be entertaining. Like you have to be entertaining. And if you can use the bots in a way that make your personality come through, I don't. I think it's a winner. I really do. Why do we even need humans anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, <laughs> well, I mean, that's a, that's a whole other I mean, robots. Like, yeah, that's like, we're getting into like the singularity and the matrix now. I, I mean, you know, honestly, the, the, the algorithm, the invention of the algorithm, you know, may have set history on a course towards, you know, the matrix. I don't know. But what I do know is if it wasn't for these algorithms, I would not be a very successful Facebook marketer. Exactly. <laughs> Now, I'm going to pause. We cannot forget to thank the guys over at BackerKit for sponsoring this episode. BackerKit is a crowdfunding fulfillment software service that helps you take care of all the logistics, spreadsheets, and um, sorting customer data. Not only do they help make customer address changes super easy or changing rewards after someone has already bought, but the power is that they also help you um, do upsells and downsells and take care of all that. So if you don't have a system or a platform already set up, um, they've already built that for you. And the best part, you can find them at backerkit.com, but they've actually create, um, created a discount code for the uncut listeners, which are you guys. So if you go to uh, check out, use the code uncut, U-N-C-U-T, they're going to give you 50% off of their startup services, which is amazing. Um, so if you want to keep selling and keep making money and stay super organized um, after your campaign, they are the guys to go to. I've worked with them on a few campaigns now, and they are amazing. Again, backerkit.com. Going back to the Facebook marketing, because every everyone I talk to has a different approach to building audience. Um, I know that you do a lot of work with like physical products and stuff and Kickstarter. Um, so when you're building audience, what is one like your favorite offer to use to get people to opt in? Um, contests. I mean, I know, I know it sounds cheesy, but like two of, two of the brands I'm working with right now, I'm offering free shoes and I'm offering free product and to, to win. And, and additionally, I would highly recommend looking into Facebook um, lead generation ads where you're actually not directing traffic off of Facebook, but you're actually creating forms within Facebook that people can sign up for without ever leaving Facebook. And it auto-populates their name and it auto-populates their email address. That's what I've been at. I'm driving like dollar leads right now for two different brands using um, great assets, like really good videos, mm-hmm. but then not, not directing them off of Facebook, but allowing them to opt in directly in Facebook. I've heard so many competing reviews. I almost got into an argument with Gallant Dill over this with the contest because I've heard from multiple people that, and because I do Kickstarter, like I don't have enough data to form a good opinion on this, but contests are great for email lists, but 
the motivation behind, like you don't get a serious buyer on your list because they just want a bunch of free stuff. So as soon as you launch, how is that person going to actually convert? So do you have an opinion on that? Like, have you seen how they convert post launch and is that a valid concern or? It is a valid concern. It's absolutely a valid concern. What it, what it tells me is so for example, if I've got a product that nobody wants, nobody's going to opt in for a contest, right? If I've got something people want, they're going to a lot of people will opt in for a contest. A lot of people don't like to leave Facebook for a contest. It's like they're not going to follow this rabbit trail, but if they're in, if they see something they're interested in and go, "Wow, and I can win that." And all I got to do is click one button. That's a pretty confident lead in my opinion because it's something that person wants this. And maybe they don't have the money for it necessarily. They would just opt in to get it. But at least I know what kind of psychographic I'm looking for and what kind of demographic I'm looking for. And now I can go back later and take that information and then say, okay, I want this kind of person, but only if they make $60,000 or more a year and only if they're all online buyers. I can now I can now differentiate that. So I don't think there's a, uh, you know, because you could say the same thing for a lead, right? Oh, just contact me if you're interested in this. Well, just because somebody's interested in it doesn't mean they're going to buy, right? Mm -hmm. So I think contest just adds a little more motivation for people to take a little more action. I don't think they're necessarily like the highest end, you know, I don't think they're the best lead in the world, but I certainly think that they are a lead that will point you in the right direction of your target consumer. Right. Because I like to do a combination of like, I just can never let go of like, hey, sign up for early bird rewards because that's how you get them to buy on the first day, which is so big on Kickstarter. Um, I like using a combination of like, hey, enter to win, plus you still get something if you don't win. So it's like... Mm, interesting. So I've done that before. Um, or you still get so- you still get something if you don't buy. Yeah. Or if you don't win. If you don't win, you get you get thirty percent off. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Or else gotcha. some people might be like, "Ah, oh, crap! I didn't win, and I don't get any. It's, I'm just not going to do it, right?" Because we still want to like bait them a little bit by saying, "Oh, but we're going to give you a bonus for purchasing on the first day and being like an early founder with this." Right. And that can actually be something. So once you have that lead, even if you didn't, let's say you weren't thinking about that ahead of time and you didn't think to lead with that, you just created a contest and you got all these leads. Now you can start warming these people up and emailing them and saying, hey, just because you signed up, you're going to get this 30% offer. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. You're going to get the other. Um, You know, that's that's a really good idea. So so that's what we do, because like I'm so concerned about getting people to buy on the first day. And like I've been trained to bait people to buy on the first day we don't want them to wait until day seven because you know day one make or breaks your campaign so right yeah so that's really um i had oh god of course i had another question i wanted to ask you (laughs) and how about this with nope what are some of your favorite products to work with great question um so i like well, let me let me let me let me answer this. Let me answer a slightly different question first, and then I'll go into that question. So, the, I like a certain type of person first. Like, I like to work with people who understand a little bit about marketing. Um, I like to pe- work with people who maybe have had a couple businesses <laughs> that have failed. Um, 
I like to work with people that may have had a little success under their belt. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I find that people who are full of success tend to be have a lot of blind spots. And so I'd actually prefer to work with people who have experienced a little bit of failure and who are, you know, who are a little more grounded and level-headed, yet they're still passionate and have great ideas and have great vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of marketing background. Um, my favorite products to work with are, and I think this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, is that hot yes, like, ooh, I want that. Or ooh, like people are like chomping at the bit, like take my money. I mean, of course, you know, we would want to work with people like that. Because um, it's very, very difficult. And I've, I've had many clients who, you know, they've got this really cool idea and this great product, but it takes so much education to get the consumer to the point where they actually want to make a purchase. Oh and God, I know. you know, you know what I'm talking about? I do. I'm 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 do. <laughs> Man. Um, honestly, cause that's people underestimate. And I find like every launch that I've taken on so far has been over budget because we have to go through this testing period that takes a lot longer because we, you know, we'll do customer interviews and then we have to, we're guessing on like what the, uh, what the copy is, who they are. And we're tweaking, tweaking, tweaking until we get a good ad set that converts before we really ramp up ad spend. So I get it. That's the like shooting crop at a wall until we find something that sticks. Whereas clients that you work mostly with, they have this data going into it and they have a good idea of how audiences online interact with their products. So you're just like, oh, try a few things. Boom. Done. Right. I right. Totally and I, what you're saying. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's trial and error, too, because, you know, not all my clients are like that. <laughs> you know, and it's taken time. Like I've had to develop like, you know, the, the kind of client that I like to have because, you know, and you, you're never going to have everything right. You, you're always going to have. Um, you know, there, there's going to be there, you're going to have to fill in the gaps. Um, it's like Jurassic park. Like you don't, you never have the perfect genome. You need to like fill it in with like frog DNA or something. Oh my God. Um, yes. So I'm always filling things in with frog DNA. Uh, but you know, you, you definitely want to, and this goes back to if you're, if you're looking at building a strategy for launching a crowdfunding campaign, it, it all comes back to having that hot. Yes. Um, having a great asset, a great video, something that really makes people after seeing it go, I get it and I want it. Um, and then understanding your demographic and doing great research to know exactly what it is that the people who love this love about it. And then using their language, their vocabulary in the copy to sell it back to that larger demographic and psychic value. Exactly. Um, speaking of which, like there are a couple of awesome agency, like my goal is not to become an agency. I want to work with a handful of clients, uh, with launches, but you get big agencies like funded today, for example, that what they do and you know, it's, but I'm just saying this for the audience, but they are basically a Facebook ad marketing agency and their weapon is in the backer list that they take from all their past campaigns and remarket to them. Well, no, they create lookalike audiences off the back of those and whatever. So I'm curious with you, what has your um, experience been with like a, the psychology of a Kickstarter backer versus a regular consumer 
so different. So, so different. Tell me. Uh, what? Yes. Yes. So when we originally launched Think Charger, um, our backers were men who were interested in, who were first movers, right? Mm-hmm. For, uh, they were on the tech, they were first movers in technology. Um, they were people who were interested in crowdfunding, people who were interested in, um, in this whole new scene of, uh, you know, of business. And we thought that was our core demographic for our product. And it was absolutely wasn't. So we took those lists and built lookalike audiences around them. And then we segmented those lists into different demographics. So we segmented them from men 35 to 55 and women, you know, 35 to 55, you know, and all these mm-hmm. different segments in this lookalike audience. And we found that the women 35 to 65 massively outperformed the men when it came to the actual product, yeah. right? It came to the actual thing charger product. And so we started building lookalikes around these women and they crushed the men's audiences when it came into actually selling the product versus backing the product. Got it. I found that with... So different. Yeah, I found that with one of my campaigns too is we make the assumption and then we we were like, we thought it would be 50-50 men-female and after doing that research, it was like a 60-40 split and we had to change everything with that. (laughs) But um, yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Um, I'm wondering, because we can go on for hours, as you know, we can, and you gotta go get the puppy. I know. <laughs> but um, I do. Do you have any? Baby. Sorry. No, I said I, you're right. I have to. I've got a brand new baby golden retriever that I gotta go. I'm so jealous. <laughs> but I will have mine soon. Um, do you have boxer. any boxer? boxer. Yep, yeah, want to get a boxer. So great dog. Um, do you have any anything else you want to add? The famous last words or whatever. Um. Don't give up. I think that the easiest thing to do in Facebook advertising and crowdfunding is to give up too early. Um, test, test, test. Always be running, you know, as many different ads, as many different audiences as possible until you understand your core demographic. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, there are so many times where I wanted to give up where I just kept searching and then it's like, oh my, and taking action, right? Like running those ads, running that, even if it's for, even if you can only afford five, $10 a day in Facebook ads, be running them, run them to different audiences and get that data. Cause that data will give you the information you need to be successful. Facebook is not built for, you know, taking billions of dollars from Coca-Cola and running ads. Facebook is built for you. It's built for people who have relevant ads to relevant audiences. And it is the David versus Goliath, like deal, like, you know, digital marketing is the sling that allows the regular guy to get a piece of the pie. Well said. And um, luckily, you work with brands for Facebook advertising. So uh, I'm going to put links to that in the show notes, which can be found at crowdfundinguncut.com slash podcast slash 86. I'm working on shortening that, by the way. But um, are there is there anywhere else that you want people to go online to find out more? Sure. They can uh, visit my website, Mike Means Marketing, M-I-K-E Means, M-E-A-N-S, marketing.com. Uh, there's a free video course there, um, and they can get some cool goodies on how to 
run Facebook ads, um, like to get started in like a week. Um, and then if you want to check out MagFast, that's our new launch for ThinkCharger, M-A-G-F-A-S-T dot com and learn the presentation secrets of the infamous Seymour Segnet, the, <laughs> uh, then you go check out MagFast.com. It is, uh, we're still taking uh, contributions for another few days. I'm not sure when this airs, but uh, all very exciting stuff. Pretty soon. <laughs> Yeah, because because I've been traveling for the last month, I needed a podcast episode quickly. So luckily you messaged me. I'm like, let's do another show. It lines up perfectly. So awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been great. Thanks so much again for being on the show. And I'm sure I'm going to have you back again because I love you. Awesome. I love you. Thank you for having me. Well, that wraps up another episode guys you could head over for the show notes crowdfundinguncut.com slash podcast slash 86 and yeah i'm working on shortening that um but at crowdfundinguncut.com you can also pick up the product launch checklist which is my free system and blueprint to walk you guys through step by step how to launch a successful campaign based on me launching uh, multiple seven figures with uh, clients and I just want to say that I love you. I appreciate you. And if you are digging the show, you just want to leave an honest review, please do head over to iTunes and leave an honest review. The link for that will be in the show notes or just Google crowdfunding uncut. Um, that wraps up another segment for this week. I'm really looking forward to pumping out more information. And uh, if you have any questions or feedback for the show, you can send me an email directly. It's the letter K. So K at crowdfundinguncut.com. And I look forward to chatting with you guys. Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launch pad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step -step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like the Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launch pad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launch pad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.